Welcome to the Storyform Podcast. Storyformed is here to celebrate the soul-forming power of imagination, good books, and beauty in the life of your child. Hello and welcome to the Storyform Podcast. I'm Holly Packiam. If you've been listening for a while now, you know that I'm usually joined by Jamie Showmaker and I'll miss having her on today. Um, but I asked my husband, Glenn, to join me in this conversation. Today, we're going to be talking about Advent um, and... Glenn is sitting here, and of course I could tell you many things about him, and he's my college sweetheart, um, but he's also now the associate pastor, associate senior pastor of New Life Church um, here in our community in Colorado Springs, and he's also the lead pastor at one of our congregations that we're a part of called New Life Downtown. And Glenn has been working on his doctorate in theology for quite a few years now, and he's he's almost done. <laughs> Woohoo! Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh so, yes, we're getting into talking about this subject of, of Advent, and I've come now to think of this time of the year as a time when we, we long um, for, uh, for the coming of the Lord, and of course we're in this time celebrating the coming of Jesus' birth, um, but we are groaning and anticipating and kind of a holy waiting of sorts. But as many of you know who have children, it's, it's not always easy to to have a sense of that, to have spaces in your schedule and in your life to to think about this, to contemplate this, to pray about it. Um, I think for us, we've just been having conversations even tonight about life and feeling the pressures of the season. And we have a couple birthdays mixed in here. And so just really wanting to create memories for our family, wanting to have special times of great conversations and and really helping our kids to focus on the Lord um, in this season, and but trying to figure out how to do that with all the things going on and all the needs of our kids and personalities. And um, so trying to focus on Christ as the center of all this can sometimes be very, very challenging. Um, and um, we're, we can be caught up in the day-to-day living of all of this, and but at the same time, being very aware of our need for Him and at this idea of anticipating um, His birth. Um, so Glenn, tell us a little bit about, or before we get into talking about Advent specifically, talk to us about church calendar a little bit and how does advent kind of fit into that it's a strange thing isn't it like a church calendar i mean we all have our home calendars and usually we mark it by uh, you know vacations uh, what's going on with the kids activities school the start of school end of school breaks all of that stuff but i think you know really at the heart of all of this is this is about uh, a different way of keeping time um, you know, we, we often talk as Christians about discipleship and our desire to uh, to be discipled, to become more like Jesus, to follow Jesus. Well, one of the basic elements of life is time. And so the church calendar is, a, is an invitation to really keep time as a form of discipleship. And this is what I mean by that. Actually, all of the events of the, the, the Christian calendar, the church calendar, are shaped around the life of Christ. So Advent is the the beginning of it, the beginning of the Christian year, and it's about 
teaching us to to anticipate and prepare for the arrival, prepare for the birth of Christ, and then Christmas follows it up as the season marking his birth, and then there's Epiphany, where we think of Jesus as the true king, and then the seasons that follow that are Lent, a kind of a preparation, a repentance, getting ready for Good Friday, and then Easter, and so, but each one of these moments in the Christian calendar, the church calendar, are about events in the life of Christ. So I'll say to people, this is about keeping time in a way that actually keeps you aware of Jesus and about who he is. Yeah, I, th- I think that's been really helpful for for me and for our family to think about that because in so many years of our life, it's been easy to think to orient ourselves, like Glenn's saying, around what's happening in our own life. And it's easy to be more self-focused in that sense. And, um, or just, you know, what things are happening in the community or even at church. And this has been really, really helpful for us to, well, to and, focus and, that way. Yeah. And I mean, those aren't, those aren't bad things. Right. There's nothing of evil course. about that. Yeah. Right? right. But, but just like all of life, we're trying to place it under the Lordship of Jesus and to say, okay, Lord, how would you reshape this aspect of my life? So in a similar way, we're trying to keep time in a way that keeps us circling back to Jesus, or if you'd like, that, that in a way that keeps Jesus as the center. So we have all these other things going on in our life, all the other busyness and all the other events, that's fine. But this church calendar is a way to, to keep bringing us back uh, to Jesus and to his life and, and to, to mark it in a different way. And I think what's kind of cool about it is you're really joining Christians all around the world, and in, in a right. way joining mm-hmm. Christians uh, throughout the centuries uh, in doing this. So it's not only about Jesus, but it becomes about the body of Christ as you observe some of these moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that too, to think about that it's not just our church or just our community or, or our family, but but that we're joining, we're doing something at the same time and focus as people around the world. Um, when did Christians start observing the church calendar? Well, it's a tricky question because obviously different events uh, you know, get picked up in different moments in the in in church history. So, obviously, one of the earliest things Christians began doing was making Sundays their day of worship because it was the day of Jesus's resurrection. And then, very shortly into that, you know, they start to mark Easter. Uh, and then it wasn't long after that they would they would back up forty days before Easter as a uh, a season of preparation. Their their um their new converts would would spend forty days leading up to Easter in a kind of uh, preparation time for baptism on Easter Sunday. And then over the course of the centuries, you know, um, different regions of the world started marking these days at different times. And it's not until you know quite a bit later that eventually they, we kind of sort of all got on the same page and said, okay, let's agree about when we're going to mark, you know, Christmas or, or Advent and all this stuff. And so, uh, but it's been several centuries now that Christians have, have a fairly fully formed calendar that leads us from anticipating the birth of Christ in Advent and then ends all the way uh, with Pentecost, which is the birth of the church, the season that kind of follows Easter. But my, my favorite stretch is there's this whole long stretch between after Pentecost and before the, the Christian year begins again that's just called ordinary time. And I love that because it acknowledges that not every day is a feast day, not every day is a is a right. is a festival, you know. And so even it, it kind of makes sense of our normal lives that yeah, we we are trying to orient around Jesus, but you know there's a lot of time that we're just counting down the days. Mhm. 
So we're so you've been kind of talking about the church calendar as a whole and these different parts of it and how we can orient our life around Christ um, in the midst of that. But what? How would you describe Advent specifically? Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know for years I think I thought Advent was like uh, just a, a a more spiritual name for Christmas, you know, or mm-hmm, like a better. Right. But but really, it's its own season. So Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, uh, the arrival. And it's meant to make us anticipate the arrival. And actually, as Christians, um, you know, we're not just remembering the first arrival of Christ, if you will, the birth of Christ, but we're also anticipating the return of Christ, the second appearing of Christ. And so, so in a sense, the season of Advent is on the one hand, uh, remembering, reenacting the longing that led up to the first Christmas, but it's also to say, and isn't that what we feel today, you know, what they would have felt as the people of God back in the day waiting for the Messiah. And isn't that what we're feeling today as we await the final return of Christ to, to, you know, to make things new and set things right? Yeah, that's true that we're, we're, we're waiting, kind of celebrating this, what has happened, but we're also, we know he's king Mm -hmm. now, but we're, but we're waiting still for that to come to its final fruition. Yeah. Him making things new again. And so I think it's so, I mean, every day we're daily reminded of all that isn't right, mm-hmm. whether it's in our homes or whether it's in the world. All I have to do yeah. is turn the t- you know right. news yeah, on or news, yeah. look at Twitter yeah. or something <laughs> to know that um, there's so much that isn't right. So I think it's it's not as far stretch for us to real, to think about how we long for things to be right and for him to to return. I remember you know for a lot of people the Christmas season, you know, as as we used to just refer to it the you know the weeks leading up to Christmas day. Mm-hmm. Um those can be painful moments for people and sometimes people remember yes. family members or loved ones that that have passed on and so there's a sadness and when you just have the kind of generic, oh, happy, happy, joy, joy, peace, you know, peace mm-hmm. on earth, joy to the world, you almost don't have a vocabulary for the ache and the long and then longing. Right. And then people say, well, I don't know what to do with that stuff. Maybe I just shouldn't. In this season. Yeah, in yeah. this season. Maybe I just need to tuck that away. And Advent says, no, 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 you can give voice to that mm-hmm. ache. You can give voice to that longing because we're all longing for the king uh, to come in glory. Holly, I think you should share a little bit about uh, how we began to discover this. I mean, this was probably, you know, eight years ago or so, I don't know, seven or eight years, Mm -hmm. and and, uh, just kind of the gradual process for us in discovering this. Yeah, so yeah, I think it has, it's it's amazing it's been that many years, Um, but I think this was at a time in our lives when we were um, just reading about church fathers, reading, you know, really wanting to connect with the history of the church more. And so really learning about Advent became a really meaningful part of our faith. And, um, I think that, you know, the first time we even tried to sort of practice this, our kids were very, very small. And I can remember, um, we, you know, part of, part of our practice of it was something really simple of lighting some candles and in, in an Advent wreath and, you know, they were thinking we're going to burn down part of the kitchen and they were were running around and with fire, you know, fire was really fun and just getting anyone to sit down and even try to talk to them about this or read them, read them something about it was, was very challenging. Um, but I think we, because we were grasping, you know, a, a bit of the idea of Advent and wanting to participate in it and, and, um, 
you know, wait and long in this season that we wanted to give our kids a bit of a taste for this. And so at that point, it, it might have, you know, just been reading just a small part of the Jesus Storybook Bible. And uh, we would, you know, try to to trace Jesus's lineage, yeah. um, you know, way back. Of course, they yeah, probably yeah, had no yeah. idea what we we're even talking about. But as I've, I've probably mentioned on the podcast before, I think it's it's valuable just to plant those seeds Absolutely. that they look back and, you know, our oldest, who's 12 now, will talk about, Oh, I remember when we sat down and colored that first mm-hmm. ornament and put it on the tree and she may not have, you know, been able to articulate any of that at that point. But at, you know, now if we say, what does Advent mean? You know, over the years, she's been able to add a little bit more and more to it. So just as an encouragement, if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, that I don't even know any, you know, any of what you're talking right. about, or I don't even know where to start that, um, starting so simple and planting yeah. a small seed of, of anything um, will um, those seeds will grow in their heart and well you, you mentioned the candles and and some of our you know your listeners may be aware of this but uh, on the chance that some aren't advent you, you know traditionally there's sort of these four candles that are kind of associated with it so I, I realized I didn't spell out um, the time marker of, of when okay. Advent comes. So Advent is four Sundays before Christmas Day. Uh, so actually, you know, this year, Advent doesn't start till December 3rd because there's four Sundays before Christmas, the fourth of which is actually Christmas, Christmas Eve. Yeah, Eve, Christmas Eve. Right. And, and so that's a, a little bit unusual. Um, but, but the, these, these four Sundays, um, They've been given different themes, and the the four themes that are most generally the ones that people kind of mark are week one is hope, and and week two is peace, uh, and then week three is joy, and then week four is love. So so the, there's these candles that kind of go along with it. Um, it's actually purple, purple, and then pink. The third week, yeah, the the week of joy. Is pink, a little happier, a little brighter, uh, and then it goes back to purple, and then the Christmas candle itself is uh, a white candle, which, you know, for a lot of these symbolic days, Christmas and Easter, white becomes this color of the holiness, the holy, you know, set-apart day. But, you know, you can get Advent wreaths, and you, what we've done you know, from maybe one of the early years was just on that first Sunday of Advent, you know, mm-hmm. we'd sit down, we'd light the first candle, and... You know, maybe sing a song, a, a great song of longing is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, you know, minor key, but kind of puts you in that, that place of preparing and longing. And, but I, there were, there were lots of little things we used to do when the kids were younger. I mean, talk about some of the, uh, I don't know if there's a, you know, devotionals or, or a Jesse tree stuff that kind of really crafts that kind of help. Right. Them. I hinted toward that, but yeah, so there's, there's something called, um, a Jesse tree. And basically what, what the meaning behind that is, is it's this idea of chase of tracing Jesus's lineage, um, all the way back to Jesse. And there's a scripture in Isaiah mm-hmm. that talks about, um, Isaiah 11, uh, yeah. um the stump of Jesse. Uh, yeah. Out of the yeah. stump of David's family will grow mm-hmm. a shoot. Um, this is from Isaiah 11, um, one through two and 10. Um, 
bearing fruit from the old root and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding and so mm-hmm. on. And so, but this idea of, of Jesus' lineage starting there. So you could, you could trace that um, through different Bible stories and sort of start there. And then you could do, you know, read something every day, or you could just do something like Glenn said on a Sunday. And that, yeah, that's where we started. Like once a week, we can manage uh uh, with you know, lots of little tiny kids, um, one devotional a week, and lighting a candle. That's where we started. But a book I discovered, I'm not sure how many years ago now, maybe like two or three years ago, is um, I think it just came out then, is um, Ann Voskamp's book called Unwrapping the Greatest Gift. Mm-hmm. And that has been, if I could just name one yeah. resource, if, if you're you know, just wanting to start, um, you know, with with smaller kids or I mean I'll you know our, our oh, oldest I mean yeah. for us us oh, reading it's it beautiful. it's beautiful yeah. she's you know has beautiful uh, language and um, so it starts with um, Jesse and then just every day there's a different story and devotional but it, there's this progression that leads you up into Jesus's birth and so I think that's just been a real you know it's really easy you just read like a one-page story there's beautiful pictures and there's a couple questions if you feel like your kids are old enough to engage in in contemplating this and our oldest are 12 and 10 now and so even last year we were uh, making you know some some headway with our discussions and so it's it's been neat to see just over all the years of keeping on trying to do something in this time of year that we're seeing a little bit of the fruit of them being able to to contemplate a bit more. And in this particular book, I'll note too that there's, if you happen to purchase this at the back, there's a code mm-hmm. and Anne has free Jesse tree ornaments. Mm-hmm. So that's been really helpful, especially for little ones, just to have something for them to do. Well, so we'll read, uh, I'll print out the ornaments and that it's usually just a little bit, a symbol that reflects the story that you're reading. And so they could color that. And then we'd, I I just had like a little tiny tree that I'd have them put Jesse tree ornaments on. So you could, I mean, you could have a paper tree on the wall or you could do nothing with them. You could set them aside or you could put them on your Christmas tree or, you know, um, I think it's, we've saved some of them. So it's been kind of neat to see what they did years ago. You know, some of you might be like, what, why is it called the Jesse tree? And, you know, I get this verse out of Isaiah, but what is that, you know? And uh, basically the, you know, what the prophet is saying is you, you thought that the lineage had been cut off, you know? So, you know, David is the, is of course the son of Jesse and the greatest king of Israel and, and the great hope. Everybody thought, okay, this is it. And, but it was short lived, right? And so David's um, in the end, his, uh, his adultery kind of led to the, what everyone thought was, you know, maybe the end of the, of the line. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, his son Solomon, and then after Solomon, the kingdom of Israel splits. And, you know, the rest of Old Testament history is tracking two different kingdoms, the north and the south mm-hmm. uh, in Israel. And, but basically the question that's haunting them is, is it over? You know, are the best days over? Yeah. Ha- have all our hopes come crashing down? And so they described, you know, Jesse as, as being the stump. It was now a stump. It's been cut off. It's a dead end. There, nothing can, can, can grow from this. And, of course, what Isaiah is saying is, no, God is going to bring new life out of a dead end. He's going to bring something surprising just when you thought it was over. And, you know, look, even if the kids don't get all of that, I think for us as parents, what a beautiful thing to think about that that Advent is that time where we look at all the dead ends and empty places and maybe difficult um, situations in your own home, uh, whether it's financial stuff or relational stuff, and you think, okay, 
where can God bring new life out of dead ends, even in our home and even in, you know, the people that we know, maybe, maybe it's not just our family, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Glenn, you saying that makes me think about, um, you know, our, our, our community and in our church. So how would you say specifically as a pastor, um, how do we practice this? How could we practice this together as a community or in our church? Well, I mean, you know, for us, we, we've been leading our congregation at New Life Downtown through Advent for a number of years. I mean, five years. And, and there's things that we do on Sunday during the service and all of that to mark it. But I think the overall effect is uh, it makes us aware. It puts us in the state of mind of, yeah, this isn't just the kind of the syrupy, sentimental uh, Christmas mood. This is uh, a very real hope. That comes out of a very real longing, you know, and a very real ache. And so as a community, it helps us to be mindful of one another. And I know different churches, I've talked with different pastors where they've done like a special challenge to their churches to, uh, to spend less, you know, cut, cut down their expenses on gifts by 50% or something and then give it away to something mm-hmm. else. Uh, there's been some great movements on that to say, what if we fight the whole, a consumerist thing and use Advent as a way to bring hope, bring new life, if you will, uh, in someone else's life, in someone else's situations, because uh, we're going to become more aware of others uh, and not just ourselves. Yeah, I think it for for me and something we've talked about is there's this there's this tension between wanting to cultivate this awareness of of our longings and. Um, in our, in our own lives. And we want, you know, we're trying to explain this and cultivate this in our kids. But at the same time, I'll, I'm also asking myself, how can we possibly be the answer to someone else's longing? And so mm. it can be, mm. you know, a bit, a bit trickier, you know, process to kind of figure, figure that out. But I think as, even as a family, as we catch that vision of what it means, then a natural next step is to think about how can we look outward how can we mm. love and serve and give in this in this season which mm. is which is often what people talk about anyway so right. it's not you know it's right. a far step man that's i love that how can we be the answer to somebody else's longing that's good babe oh thanks babe oh can i call you babe on the podcast <laughs> Sorry, holly yes um, okay you know what you should do people might be listening to this and thinking okay this is so overwhelming like i can't it's, do this yes, we, we gotta it's very possible yeah we gotta find some like sacrificial thing and some missional thing and some craft and a song and candles like wow yes. so just simplify it a little bit for everyone out there like what are some ideas for beginning I think if you are just beginning, and especially if you're just beginning and you have very small children, if you do one thing, you know, you could take a children's Bible or more specifically on our podcast, we talk about the Jesus Storybook Bible a lot. So if you've been listening, you know, we're a huge fan. Um, But you could just, you could take, you know, start wherever you could find a story that might be closest to if if there, I'm trying to remember if there is the, the stump of Jesse in Isaiah, if that story's there, um, and or start somewhere around there and kind of just, you know, start to, you know, you could read that story and just progress forward. And I mean, if you wanted to get meticulous about it, you could, you could figure it out and um, figure out, you know, what day you wanted to do to read what on. But, um, 
everyone's taking a picture of us right now while we're podcasting. <laughs> um, and so, uh, but yeah, anyway, the Jesus Storybook Bible would just Great. be a very, that is how we started. And mm-hmm. that's just, you know, you could, and that's something that there's a good chance maybe you're, maybe you're reading through that with your kids anyway, or maybe right. that's what you would reach for or pick up if you're mm-hmm. going to read the Bible with them or have a devotional with them. And so you wouldn't need to do anything beyond, you know, what you might be likely to do anyway. Right. And, and I mean, the candles are easy. The candles are pretty yeah. easy to do. Just light those yes. at dinner time on those Sundays and and you know. I mean when we started I, I remember thinking where I don't even like an advent candle or wreath like what is that where do you find that so of course in our day you know you can google it or look on Amazon you can find stuff there yeah. but um, if you have a Hobby Lobby or, or some kind of a of a store that might be similar to that or Michael's often um, or Christian bookstores actually I've seen them in um, Mardell and mm-hmm. um Family Christian or, or some that are around here, but um, often they'll come in like little packs. Like there'll be a little a wreath with the with the pack of candles. Like Glenn had mentioned, the it's purple or sometimes dark blue. Then you might see two and the pink and then the white. And so, but yeah, if you you can at Hobby Lobby, I know they often sell it together in packs. But you might mm-hmm. want to go out and get them now because I've actually gone later in the season. Like if you're a little bit past Advent and it's all gone. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, um, and we have broken several. Oh, so my gosh. you know. Uh, just, just to let you know, if you have little, you know, we've we've gone through some, and the candle thing is you know, so hit. tempting. It's, a hit. it's tempting. A hit. <laughs> you know, another kind of really simple thing, especially with younger kids, is to create the sense of anticipation. Is a countdown with a paper chain link, you know, like yeah. just a cha- yes. and and you just you rip off a chain every day, and all of a sudden you're counting down to Christmas, which of course is exciting for kids anyway. But you're trying to center that joy on Jesus uh, rather than just you know gifts and all that. Though we all love gifts now, kind of truth in uh, full disclosure here, <laughs> we're recording this podcast and we're staring at a red and green paper chain that the kids put up. Uh, in October. Mid-October, Mid-October. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, they, they've got this countdown thing going, but it is definitely pre, pre-Advent. Pre-Advent, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for sure. Um, some of the, just just to throw out a few more ideas, and I, I, I'll put some more on the show notes. Um, and the, any of the books or Bibles we've, we've referenced, I will put on the show notes as usual. Um, but just a few things that we've tried over the years and... Um, We've definitely not ever done any, all of these, but just some different things that we've done to encourage seeing other people Mm. is to encourage our kids, like we would probably even around Thanksgiving, like to think about how we can communicate to people we know, to neighbors, to church members, like the postman or, (laughs) you know, how we're grateful for them, how we see them, that, um, you know, their service or their, um, the, who they are and what God's put in them, how we're grateful for that, for their friendship, for their love, for their care. And so uh, I might give little ideas to them about, you know, one year it was the mailman, like, let's write a little card to him. And because we, I am so grateful for, mm-hmm. for, for his service or, um, um, or for neighbors mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just something that might not be typical or, or be expected. And so just helping them to not get so engrossed in their own day-to-day life, which it's so easy for me to do, for a lot, for all of us to do. And so um, just, just something simple that, you know, doesn't cost yeah. hardly anything. So, Well, and I, and I think it's, it's worth saying that you have to create space in your calendar for this. Absolutely, and one yes. of the things we discovered a few years in was you can't just add this stuff in addition right. to like your already busy lives. And so 
Actually, traditionally for for Christians, Advent is a fast season. I mean, think about think about all the candy you'll be missing out on. No, kind of like Lent. It, I mean, or... it's it's yeah, it, it it's meant to be a fast season where you're 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 giving up something. And so what we've what we've done with that is just to say, how can we create space on the calendar? So I, I think fasting in the Bible, any giving up is for the sake of giving out. You you mm-hmm. give up so that you can give out. And and so in a similar way, if we want to be able to give out to people during Advent, and, and you know whether it's thank you notes or acts of kindness or baking stuff for people or sacrificial giving financially, whatever, you got to create margin for that. And so honestly, like I, like me personally, I, I've decided I don't do any ministry extra ministry travel during Advent. I mean, I I turn down. Uh, any any requests of the kind, and, and there's similar things. I mean, some of the stuff you can't get out of, you know. But the, but there are some there's some holiday parties that we'll say no to. There's some kids events sometimes that there's stuff that we're like, ah, let's not go to that, you know. Just or some group, maybe yeah, groups that yeah. we're running that mm-hmm. will say, okay, we're not going to meet in December to create more space to celebrate. Um, we've also sometimes challenged ourselves in different years, and this this has looked different. Um, just depending on the season and the year, but to to think about not just giving within our family or giving locally, but giving even globally. Um, some of you might know of some organizations like Compassion or World Vision, and um, we have a sponsor child. And so thinking about how we can um, take some of our funds there and, and be proactive about giving in that way. And, and all of you are in different situations, and so that you know, could look different year to year and you know, maybe you can think of a neighbor who has a mm-hmm. great need or um, a mission, a, a rescue mission in your own community. And so I would just encourage you to be prayerful. It might just be one small little thing, or you might have the financial um, resources or capacity to do to do a lot. But I think it's very, it's you know, it's it's family to family or individual to individual. What what you would have a sense that the Lord would lead you to. For this this season, and in all of this, you know, I'm reminded of uh, Romans 14, where Paul's talking about, you know, one person considers this day special, and the other says there's not no big deal mm. about. It. I mean, don't <laughs> the last thing you want to be is like Scrooge about Advent, right. you know, or, or, or whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just fussy about it, like, oh, yes. you can't do this, and you can't play. You know, some people, we, you know, With we know music. Yes, right? oh, you can't play Christmas carols during Advent because Christmas is, which you know, fun fact, Christmas, the twelve days of Christmas. Uh, the first day of Christmas starts on the twenty fifth. Yeah, December twenty fifth, yeah. and it goes twelve. But again, who cares? Like you don't have to be fussy about this. You know, the the point is not to be you know so holier than thou. The point of all of this, this is a means of discipleship. This is a way of yes. following Jesus and leading your children, leading your homes to follow Jesus. So, if you can receive Advent and the church calendar as an invitation to follow Jesus by the way that you keep time, I think one of the results that will happen is you'll find yourself creating space. You'll find yourself intentionally meditating on the Lord through these stories or even these crafts or these scripture readings, and you'll find yourself giving yourself out to others uh, in service. And that that's all. those are all the marks of discipleship, right? The, the kind of worship life with the Lord, the kind of communal life with others, and the kind of missional life in serving. And so Advent is just another uh, instance or invitation into that. And for, you know, we've talked about things for your kids. Um, 
one idea of something, if you're looking for some kind of a devotional as mm. an adult or for maybe for your older kids, we've really enjoyed and uh, reflected greatly on a book called The Divine Hours, mm. and it's prayers for autumn and winter, and so you can go to the section in it where Advent would start, and it, it'll it'll lead you to that. Um, the author is Phyllis Tickle, and mm. so if you're looking particularly for for prayers and scripture readings that would uh, reflect the Advent season. That's that's a great recommendation. Can you think of any other good well, ones for adults? The, the, the Book of Common Prayer. I mean, this may be a bit difficult to navigate because it it is uh, it takes some some guidance. But there's actually a prayer for each week in Advent, and there's a uh, there's a way to you know they're called collects. Um, it's short for collective prayers. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that's a good one. There are lots of great devotionals, um, you know, that are, that are put out there that kind of guide you. Again, the goal is creating the space so that you can fix your heart on Jesus, uh, individually and communally as a family or with your church, and then give yourself away to others. So again, this is a discipleship practice. This is not mm-hmm. a legalistic thing. This, this isn't is, a form. We're not, yeah. we're not wanting to give a formula for right, it, just right, ideas. right. Um, yeah. And Glenn was talking about music, mm. and so this this has been a newer journey for me too of just you know, even coming across a little bit of the fussy people about Christmas carols. <laughs> but I, it's been newer to me probably we, in the we past. We don't follow that rule. Yeah, no, we, 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 we actually Christmas don't. My youngest has been yeah. trying to play Christmas music already, and I'm like, yeah, okay, let's. <laughs> That's fine. She she really has an affinity for we're, Christmas we're music okay year round. We're so okay anyway, yeah. um, but there are there are some great artists and mm. musicians who have put out. Uh, records specifically uh, about around Advent, which yeah. have been wonderful, and I've really yeah. enjoyed, and it's really helped me to focus more on some of these themes. No, go, go ahead, ahead. No, no, go, no, go ahead. ahead. Okay. I'm, 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 well, a, love a, few, your list. a few that I'll mention. Um, one is "Behold the Lamb of God" by Andrew Peterson, and um, the Brilliance mm-hmm. have put out. Uh, maybe it, I know they have one. It's called it's a, Advent Volume One. I'm, I think there's a maybe volume there's two. two yeah, I think as yeah. well. So we'll put some links to these. Um, and then, of course, we're a fan of Joel Clarkson around here, and he has um, an instrumental piece uh, or instrumental CD called Midwinter Carols. It's beautiful. And it, yeah. yeah, it's gorgeous. We mm. we play it various times yeah. of the year, and our our kids really enjoy the instrumental too. Um, but it's basically ancient carols with two interludes, and it, yeah, it's set to instrumental piano. Really beautiful. And then also in in many communities, there are churches or if you, you know, you may go to one or you may not that would do a specific Advent service and they might call it something like Advent lessons and carols or can you think of other names for it? No, no, it's usually that. I mean, and it's traditional scripture readings out of usually out of the Book of Common Prayer and the carols that go with it, Mm -hmm. the Advent carols. And it's, it's beautiful. It's a great way to kick off the season some friends of ours have have put a little website together where they've curated a lot of these resources. That's mm-hmm. keepingadvent.com. And you know, there'll be links on the show notes and all of that, but but that's a way to have a, a curated list of music and some of these devotionals. And- yeah, they have many more resources mm-hmm. than the ones I've mentioned here and and if you're also just curious you know, to learn more about the church calendar and what that you know more in depth, um, they have a lot of great articles, great resources on there, and so we're we're huge fans of of what they're doing. So we encourage you to check that out. Do you have any last thoughts, Glenn? No, I'm. <laughs> I I, uh, I really I always feel the need to just underscore it over and over again that uh, this is an invitation to follow Jesus. I think of um, 
Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of Matthew 11, you know, come to me, Jesus said, all you who are weary and heavy laden, mm-hmm. I will give you rest, take my yoke upon you. That's the normal translation. Eugene's paraphrase says, you know, <laughs> are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? You know, come to me. And then he says, and I'll, I'll, I'll teach you the unforced rhythms of grace. And so life with Jesus is a life of intentionality, and it is a life that has a rhythm to it, mm-hmm. um, but it's a rhythm of grace. It's, it's not um, more of the same. Uh, it's not a burden. And so I hope, I really, really hope that you hear this today, not as like, oh my gosh, one more thing I have to do with this Christmas, but as an yes. invitation to allow the grace of God to, to draw you into a new rhythm with your family. That's great. Well, thanks, thanks, Glenn, for being on the <laughs> being on the show today. Um, it's been really fun. To, I've I've been wanting to to find a topic or some way for for Glenn and I to have a conversation on Storyform. So I'm really I'm really glad this worked. Well, thank you, Holly. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to check out our website at storyform.com for show notes and like us on our Storyform Facebook page and follow us at Storyformed Home on Instagram. Please rate us on iTunes and leave a comment so that others can find out about us too. May you and your family be Storyformed. Storyformed.